Well, hey there, Todd. Good to get back with you again and uh, really enjoyed your talk about uh, ambulance service and how it was an uh, integrated part of funeral service. And you had mentioned, though, that uh, now we're going to be talking about your, your education in mortuary science, and I'll let you take it away from there. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, uh, thank you. I uh, really appreciated the opportunity to cover the ambulance service uh, in the last uh, call. So let's say by the uh, mid or early 70s, 71, uh, you know, I think I, uh, hopefully I established uh, with some um, clarity that I was a very poor student when I was in high school. And I wasn't that much better when I went to college. I mean, I don't even know how I got into some of these colleges, um, but admission standards were pretty low with the places I went. We, they didn't require the ACT and that kind of stuff. So, but when it came to going to mortuary school, um, I took that extremely seriously. And I remember, and I still, and I've kept these, I, I sent out, I sent for information from every mortuary program in the country, everyone. I wanted their catalog. I wanted to look at their uh, information. Now, so let's go, let's go back a little bit. When I was, um, some of your listeners might remember this. This goes back a, a few years. There, on, on PBS, there was a, um, uh, a program on Sunday evenings, all right? Uh, there was a program called Evening at Pops, P-O-P-S. And I remember uh, watching that program and a couple things here, and it was a, a an hour program premiering uh, uh, the music of uh, the Boston Pops Orchestra from Symphony Hall in Boston on the corner of Mass and Huntington Avenue, and the conductor was a man named Arthur Fiedler. And I've always been very attracted to classical music. Um, but this was popular music, but it was played by a symphony orchestra. And I have to say, I was just enchanted with this music. And I watched that show, you know, because I was kind of a, I was a little bit of an oddball, still am, a little, a little eccentric, a, a young man. You know, I, I did, I wouldn't know a rock band if it bit me in the fanny. Um, but I watched the Boston Pops. Now, I really liked that orchestra, and it would show scenes of Boston, and 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 I loved history, and so I had studied uh, the American Revolution, and um, but then on top of that, and again, this dates us a little bit. In 1970, Eric Siegel wrote a book called Love Story, and now. Some of your listeners might remember seeing a movie called Love Story with Ally McGraw and Ryan O'Neill. And it was a story about a Harvard Law student and this, uh, his uh, romantic interest 
who had gone to uh, the old Radcliffe College in Boston. Now, I have to tell you, I read that book and I was absolutely dumbfounded, God smacked by that book. And then I went to see the movie. And so in the middle of this now, so the Boston thing between history, the Boston pops and love story. And I, I'm a 20 year old man, 20, a boy. It's just looming high in my world. I'm, you know, Boston's coming out, Boston's coming out. So I send out for all these um, uh, catalogs and I did, I got uh, San Francisco sent me one and Pittsburgh. Uh, there were uh, 16 mortuary schools in the country when I decided to go to school. There are 50, there are more than 50 of them now, right? Because the community colleges have uh, jumped into this in a big way. But when I went, the vast majority of these schools were private mortuary schools. Thank God for me, because if they were a community college or a university that had admission standards, I never would have gotten in, right? I mean, I would never have ever gotten in. But the private schools were a little bit different, right? Because, um, so anyway, I get this catalog from the New England Institute in Boston. Now, the real name of this school was called the New England Institute of Anatomy, Sanitary Science, Embalming, and Funeral Directing, right? So this, the title of it was just, was way, way too long, but it captured my attention. And, and, and I also, uh, and I, because, because I have some experience in this, most, many, not, not all, but a lot of mortuary science students, they don't pick the best mortuary college, they pick the closest mortuary school. They don't, they don't look at the faculty, they don't look at the board success rates. They, they, their, their decision is based on proximity, right? The, the, the board scores of the school could be in the tank but it's only a hundred miles, the school's a hundred miles away. So that's a no brainer. I, I wasn't like that, right? I had no, remember I had no allegiances. Uh, you know, um, I was ready to get out of my little Iowa town in Pottawatomie County. Um, and, and also I had these big things, history and the pops and love story running around in my brain. But when I read the catalog at the New England Institute in Boston, it resonated immediately. And one of the reasons that it resonated, and we're coming up to this story in another segment of this program, was on the staff at the New England Institute in Boston was a man named the Reverend Dr. Edgar N. Jackson. Uh, Dr. Jackson taught psychology at the New England Institute. And I'm going to give you a preview of coming attractions. He is proof evidence in my life that one human being can change your life forever. I had already read many of Jackson's books and he wrote some dandy good funeral books. He wrote Understanding Grief. Well, I'll get into that. 
when we talk about him in particular. The other thing that just really impressed me was that the students at the New England Institute, besides embalming, clinical embalming work, we had access of all places, we had access to the Harvard Medical School and we did our anatomical dissections at the Harvard Medical School on Longwood Avenue uh, in Boston. Uh, it was just a short trolley ride uh, from where the mortuary school was. So the mortuary school was located at 656 Beacon Street in Boston at Kenmore Square. Kenmore Square was the um, intersection of where Beacon and Commonwealth Avenue came together and then it branched out to Commonwealth, Beacon, and Brookline Avenue that went on out into the Boston suburbs. So ComAv would go, it went right past Boston University, uh, Beacon Street went on out and the Eastman Funeral Home and across the street was Crosby's Funeral Home. But at Kenmore Square was also the, at that time was the headquarters of the J.S. Waterman and Sons Funeral Home, which was one of the premier funeral homes in the United States. And so I applied, I'll, I'll tell you what I did. I applied to Southern Illinois University, right? And, and, and I got rejected and I got rejected because of my grades in high school. But I applied to the New England Institute and interestingly, uh, they accepted me. All right, now, I'm not, I'm not some guy that just fell off the turnip truck, right? The New England Institute uh, was a 99% tuition-driven institution. So we've all, we've all done this rodeo before, right? You have a pulse, yes. Do you have a check that doesn't bounce? Yes. Take a seat, son. Right, and so I think I fit that profile, right? That I had to check that didn't bounce. And here's one. You're, go well, ahead, Rob. So did you did you know at that time at your age the difference between the two? Did you know you'd probably have a better chance of getting into like no. a private, or you didn't no. you didn't know the difference no. at that time? No, 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 no. I knew nothing about that. I, in fact, to tell you the truth, I don't even know why I applied to Southern Illinois. But I remember getting the rejection letter. But by that time, I'd been rejected so much in my life that 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 stuff never didn't get under my skin anymore, right? That so when 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 Southern Illinois said I I didn't cut the mustard, I thought okay okay, all right. Well, I'll go to Plan B, right? And Plan B, and it turned out turned out absolutely to be. It turned out as fortuitous for me to go to NEI as it did to get a job at Heafy's, right? Because if I had gotten a job at any of those other funeral homes that I was marching up and down Farnham Street interviewing with in Omaha, hell, I don't know how my life story would have turned out. And the same thing with going to Boston. The mortuary school was fascinating. I remember... I remember flying into Boston, never been to Boston in my life. 
I had never set foot in that city. I got a job sight unseen at a funeral home in a little, little suburb of Boston called Winthrop, Massachusetts. And at that time in Winthrop, there were, there were four funeral homes. There was O'Malley's, there was Morris, Maury Kirby's place, the Reynolds funeral home. There were five funeral homes town. It was about 25,000 people. There are five funeral homes, O'Malley's, uh, Maury Kirby's place, Reynolds, uh, Al Marsh's place. And then across the street was Caggiano's. And I got a job at Caggiano's and I worked from four in the afternoon till seven in the morning. And then I'd go to school during the day and come back same damn thing. We ran ambulance service and all of that stuff. So the mortuary college, I remember, I remember, uh, we went, uh, there, uh, there was a, another chap that worked at Caggiano's, um, named Barry. He and I lived in the same room together and he took me to government center. He took me, we walked down past the Boston common. We walked down to the back bay. We walked far enough and way down, he said, see that Sitco sign? There's a gigantic Sitco sign uh, on top of the mortuary college at Kenmore Square. He, and he said, and all he said to me was, there's the mortuary school. All right, we didn't actually go to it. He said, there's where it is. It's at Kenmore Square. It's Todd, it's and, Todd. So yes, is that, um, yeah. you know, I've been to Boston at the, and saw a Red Sox game. And there's a Sitco yeah, sign oh, sure. that you can see. Is that, that's it? That's, that's it? That's it. Okay. That's Great. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we went to the roof of the mortuary school, we could watch a game at Fenway. Although, that's right? probably I mean, that's probably not up your, your alley, though. You weren't watching many baseball well, games. Well, I, 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 it, was, it was exciting because you get on, you'd get on the roof of the mortuary school, and you could look over the, the big green wall at Fenway, and watch a ball game. Well, you couldn't watch the whole damn thing, but you could see him playing. And then you look the other way across the Charles River, and you're looking at MIT's campus. So it was the location of the mortuary, and also in the mortuary in the in 656 Beacon Street at that time was the world headquarters of the Dodge Chemical Company, right? So Jake Dodge's grandfather. A. Johnson Dodge started the New England Institute. And that was also a carrot for me, right? Because I'd learned how to embalm on Dodge chemicals at Hefe's, right? They were big on permaglow as their arterial chemical, which was a, still is a damn good arterial chemical. And so it, it just seemed, Rob, that the synergies for a guy like me were coming together in the city of Boston. Now, the other side I want to say, other thing I uh, want to say, is the mortuary school was, was fascinating, but the real education, looking back at it, was living in Boston. A kid from the Midwest, from Pottawatomie County, Iowa, uh, the biggest city I'd ever seen was Omaha or Des Moines. 
Um, and to go to Boston, I remember the first Boston Pops concert I went to and I, Arthur Fiedler came marching out there with his snow white hair. And I, I was almost like I had to pinch myself um, to believe that I was there. And I'll give you an example of this this morning before I came to work. Uh, all of a sudden on the TV, there's an ad from Mass General Brigham Right, Mass General Hospital it used to be a Brigham and Women's in Boston. I'm sitting there looking at that and I'm going, Jesus, the number of people I hauled into that hospital uh, with the ambulance, right? I mean, we went all over that city with that ambulance, all hours of the night, etc. And the other side that I found was um, I, I remember and this is another uh, story about my father um, and ditto his lack of faith in me uh, as a as a human being I remember uh, they thought that I had lost my mind wanting to go to Boston to school right but by that time I was fairly self-sufficient um, and this is interesting I tell the students here at the mortuary school my tuition for the entire program was $1,795 for the whole year, right? It's like $395 a quarter, right? And I remember um, it was like three months into this thing and a letter comes from the mortuary school uh, to my parents out in Iowa. And mother called me up and said, we got a letter from the mortuary school. And the letter was that I'd made the dean's list. However, now the side story is, is that when the, the, that they told me some years later, right, to save my emotional health, I guess, the, the, the side story was similar to my father's prophecy that nobody was going to hire somebody like me. And I ended up getting the job at Hefe's. The prophecy of that was when the letter came before he even opened the letter up, he held it up and looked at mother and said, see, I've told you they've kicked him out already. <laughs> so, so, it, so anyway, I made the Dean's list um, right off the bat. And I stayed on the Dean's list the whole time because, and that's, I think, an example of losers in disguise. That I wasn't all that great at anything, but I surely loved funeral service. And now I'm at a place, and I see it with the students here, that they're in a safe place where we can talk about what they want to do. And nobody's looking at them like they're creepy. Nobody's looking at them like they've kooks and they're affirmed. And that's worth everything to receive affirmation from another human being that you're doing a good thing. And so we had a colorful faculty. I remember the faculty. Oh my. In fact, Bob Barnes, who I went to mortuary school, he and I sat next to each other. 
He's now a member of the board of the directors of the of the Conference of Funeral Service Examining Boards. He and I were in the same class together and sat next to each other. And I, he was out here during the NFDA convention. And he came in and he came over and it was so good to see him again because he was always a good guy. And he, we started talking about our the faculty at the mortuary school. And, I, and and so he said to me, he said, do you remember Morris Lorensky? Oh, my God. Morris Lorensky was the chemistry professor. And uh, the first day of class, he walks in there and looks at uh, everybody and looks at people. And the whole class, he goes, I want you to know I hate every one of you bastards in this class. And, oh, Jesus, he scared the bejesus out of me. and. And he and and he he was in, oh and I got C's all through uh, his class. He and he tell and he at the end of the class he made a prophecy that I'd never make it through the national board. All this negative stuff. And when I took the national board, Rob, uh, my highest grade was in chemistry. I got a 96. And afterwards, I I I let I called him up. I was going to let him have a piece of my mind. And and he and he and he did. He said, you know, he said, if I hadn't scared you to death, you never would have passed chemistry. Uh, it was a lesson. Um, and so mortuary school for me was a wonderful experience. And 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 going to school in Boston uh, was uh, just absolutely. Um, um, uh, it was the experience of a lifetime, no doubt. So. So that's the little story about NEI. Now NEI is no longer. They shut it down. Uh, Mount Ida. They sold out to Mount Ida. Mount Ida went belly up, and now uh, the schools. Um, uh, the old NEI is no longer. So that was sad when we found that out. Anyway, that's that's the story. That's uh, that's really interesting, and just you know, you, you can see your evolution and your love of funeral service and how it continues to get um, fertilized, you know, along the way and these different things that just continue to, you know, to grow it with uh, being in Boston and being close to Dodge and, and all that. And so where, where are we going to go next here, Todd, in our conversation? I think, uh, I think uh, the next, I think we need to just do an addendum on NEI and focus uh, on my professor, Edgar N. Jackson. I think that's something that uh, would be worthwhile. And he certainly uh, deserves to have uh, time uh, where his uh, influence is shared. Absolutely. Well, I look forward to that, Todd. Thanks a lot for this. Okay. Thank you, Rob, for doing this.